This is the University Seventh-day Adventist Church in the sunny Orlando, Florida. We are glad that you are listening to our weekly podcast. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and challenged by our message today, and may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our future sermon. Turn with me to chapter 2 of Romans, and we've been talking about the gospel, of, uh, the gospel according to Romans. Amen? I, I, I know we were having communion service, and I figured, you know what, this is exactly, there's no other way to symbolize, and what a wonderful illustration of what the gospel is. So we're going to continue on the gospel, even though it is communion service. And by the way, uh, in Romans, Paul speaks about the meaning of this sacrifice in, in a powerful way. So we're going to continue, on and we, quickly, we're going to cover very quickly. And so I know you're going to go home, and you're going to study this. Chapter 2. For those of you who just joined us today, and I see some new faces, we've been talking about chapter 1, that the main point that Paul makes, one of the few main points that he made is that is the power of the resurrection, the resurrected Christ that lives in us, and that's the power that's available for your life and my life to be transformed today. Amen? That the gospel, if there's power in the gospel, is that Jesus is alive and that through the Holy Spirit, the same power, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is ready to raise our lives from whatever you experience, in whatever death, shape, or form you are, death in your life, God is available, His Spirit is available for you to bring you back to life, to life abundantly. Amen? And then we also talked about the power of belief. If we, if we believe that, if we just take that and understand that all this comes true, to those who really believe. The power of belief that we must take God at His word and begin to take the word for what He says. You know, a lot of times we try to interpret scriptures and we just don't take the word at face value. But there are Christians today and there's a movement of Christians today that are beginning to take the scripture just for what God says at face value. Amen? And believe these things. Believe the promises. First of all, the promise of salvation. The promise that, yes, no matter who you are, no matter how wicked you think you are, God loved you and he provided for your salvation and transforming. He wants to shape, transform your life, save you from your own self. Amen? And he wants you to experience a better life, a life in Christ. How life was meant to be lived in the power and in the grace of Jesus Christ. And then... We did say that, uh, that in this reality, as we ex experience the gospel, there are consequences to not believing. But we talked about the importance of believing that God is the creator and how powerful that is. And so listen, it's interesting. In Romans chapter 1, and does that sound familiar to you? Because there is another, there, there's part of our message, as the three angels message, that goes back to Revelation and talks about God, about God how does he portray it in, in the three angels' message? Any of you remember? He is the creator, which is important to us. And Paul taps at it right away. And he says, listen, this is important to understand that God created it all. And he's the source of all. But people try to uh, suppress and even deny that truth, believing in all the created things as opposed to believing in the God that created it all. And so we talked about how important it is that we keep in mind and we never lose focus that God is our creator and our redeemer, amen? So right there in the first chapter, the three angels' message is right there, amen? And Romans, and if, the, if anything, the gospel is centered, or the three angels' message need to be centered in the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen? So listen, today, 
quickly, I just, and, and I'll just uh, last five minutes here together before we go. And again, I know the reason why I'm flying through is because I know you're going to go back home and you're going to study this, you're going to dissect it, just dig it out, and you're going to learn and be blessed even more abundantly than just by listening and spending a few minutes here together, right? <laughs> Let me say that again. Because, hey, listen, just the 15, 20 minutes that we do here is not going to do it for you, by the way. We need to be in the Word of God every single day of our lives. Amen? Amen? That should be the first thing we do. In whatever shape or form that we, that we do, we got to get in the Word of God more. So yes, when I said that you're going to go back home and study it, you should say, Amen. All right. <laughs> but listen, chapter 2, therefore you have no excuse. So Paul talks about, and, and therefore you have no excuse, everyone. Of you who passes judgment, for in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge, practice the same things. And we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. And by the way, he's talking about all the wickedness and unrighteousness. And remember that last time we shared some of these things that Paul is saying. Because we don't believe, and our, our, our belief in God as the creator had been replaced by something else. So people are given to all these wicked ways of life, right? And so we talked about some big sins, and a lot of us think that being a Christian has to do with not committing these big sins. But then Paul goes down, and he talks about not so, such a big sins, but he talks about things that we do in our life, like strife, envy, deceit, malice. And then he says gossip. So just in case you miss it, even though we're looking, and so he goes right into it. He says, by the way, because of that, he's saying there's no really distinction between the big and the small sins. Hello? Right? In other words, if, you, if there is still wickedness in our lives, which if we're still struggling with this human nature, right? Then there's bound, there's bound to be things that you think as not as big as some other people are dealing with, right? And so we begin to feel maybe a little superior in the spiritual realm to other people. And so... Paul, uh, Paul is saying, listen, the moment that you begin to look around and judging people according to the big sins, the small sins, he says, by the way, you end up practicing some of those things yourself. And he says, you know, that God is going to, the judgment of God is going to fall on those who actually are practicing those things who you are judging people for. Which what he's saying is, is this, that all of us have things that we're struggling with, right? And so he says, the key is not focusing on the other people, he says. And listen, because he says, and the main principle here, and I want you to turn right away to chapter, uh, to verse 6. At the end, he said, actually, verse, verse 6. God will render to each what? Person according to? His deeds. So salvation is by grace. God, uh, he makes that clear, is by belief. But he says, don't you worry about other people. Everyone is going to get what they got coming, Right? So we should not be looking at each other, judging each other, trying to figure out who's better than the other. Even our Baptist brethren or whoever they are, we should stop doing that. Comparing ourselves to other denominations, all the Christian groups, we should quit that. Because the truth is that the same things that are going on in those churches are going on here in this church. Hello? I have not been in 20 years of ministry in a place where the saints are not struggling with sin. You might be surprised. <laughs> so Paul is clear. He says, you got to cut that out. Stop the judging around. Because he says, at the end of the day, God is the one who's going to reward you according to what? To your deeds. 
And then he goes into this. Check this out because this is the law. This is, he begins to talk about the role of the law. And so he says, To those who by perseverance of doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth by obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation. He's saying again, everybody's got what they're I mean, everybody's going to get what they got coming, right? That's basically what he's saying. Depending on how you live, you're going to get your reward. Don't worry about that. So it's not for you and me to be looking around trying to figure out who's who. But we do that. We're prone to do that. And we even, I don't know what it is. But he said, listen to this. Um... Now, let's talk quickly about the role of the law. He says, for all who have sinned without the law, verse 12, will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers, listen to this, of the law who are just before God, but the what? The doers of the law will be justified. For the Gentiles who do not have the law do instinctively the things of the law. This not having the law are a law to themselves. In that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience bearing witnesses and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them. On the day when according to my gospel, he says, God will judge the seekers of men through Christ Jesus. So listen, Paul says that God is, we all going to get our reward, right? He says there are people even that claim to be under the law, claim to have the law at the center of their lives, that they are actually not living out what the law is about. And he says that there are those who do not claim to have the law, don't even know what the law is, yeah, in their hearts they live in according to the principles of the law. Hello? Which tells us, which tells us that it's really not a, a thing about a religious group, but it's about people who are willing to follow God's leading in their lives. Amen? And so he's saying that, again, we are going to get, according to our deeds, according to how we live our lives, we're going to be rewarded. And God takes care of that. And then he goes a little more in detail about what the law is, or the role of this law. He says, and, and, and we're going to finish here um, so that we can go right into the emblems of humility. He explains a little bit more deeper, and I'll point out one or two things here. But if you hear, verse 17, but if you bear the name Jew and rely upon the law and boast in God and know his will and approve the things that are essential, being instructed out of the law, and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind and a light to those who are in darkness. Brother, this sounds like a Seventh-day Adventist to me. I don't know about you. <laughs> right? The remnant? The ones who are going to guide the rest of the world into salvation, right? He says, if you think that of yourself, right? If you are confident that, do, that you yourself are a guide to the blind and a light to those who are in darkness, a corrector of the foolish, a teacher of the immature, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and the truth, you therefore who teach another do not teach yourself. You who preach that one shall not steal, do you steal? You who say that one should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor, abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law through your breaking the though your break through your breaking the law, do you dishonor God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of whom? Of you. Wow. You know what that's saying? You got, you got it? 
One of the greatest atheist philosophers said that the greatest argument against Christianity are Christians. Hello. He's saying right here, because of you, because you claim to be this light to the world, but when you begin to look at your life, when you, get, when you begin to live out a daily life, you are the opposite of that. It says, because of you, people blaspheme the name of God and do not believe in God. It should be the other way around. You see, today people claim and say, oh, people that say, I don't like organized religion, right? And so many people today, friends that we know, people that we know, leaving the churches by throngs, young people leaving the church. It should be the other way around, right? That because of what happens in the church, people cannot deny that God is working here. And they could even say, they say, listen, I don't, I, 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 there's something going on there. I, we can't deny what's happening there. I don't believe in the God, but they're certainly doing something great in there, right? But it's the other way around. Today they said, I believe in God, but I, but I don't know about organized religion. Because time and time again, our lives come short of what we preach. And then, and then listen to this, because he says, for indeed, now he goes from the law, he goes into circumcision. So he's talking about this law of what? Of the rituals of the law, right? He's a specific. He's saying, verse 25, for indeed circumcision is of value if you practice the law. But if you are transgressor of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. So if the uncircumcised man keeps the requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? And it may sound like a twist, what is it, tongue twister. To me, it's already twisted my tongue. But so if the uncircumcised, uncircumcised man keeps the requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Verse 27, and he who is physically uncircumcised, if he keeps the law, will he not be judged? Will he not judge you who, though having the letter of the law and circumcision, are a transgressor of the law? For he is not a Jew. Listen to this. For he is not a Jew who is our one what? Outwardly. Nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that which is of the heart by the spirit, hello, not by the letter and his praises is not from men, but from God. Listen, this is what this community is about. God is focused, so he wants, the thing that he really wants to work in in our lives is our heart. Amen? Shape us, transform us. And I, I want to ask the question, do you, do you realize how much growth you need in your own life? Are you aware that you're far away from what God wants you to be. Don't, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> I know I am. And there is um, there's a lovely lady that says, that the closest we come to the cross, the closer we come to the cross, the more we realize how wretched we are. And Paul is saying, listen, it's not the outward appearances of how beautiful. And some of you look really nice today. <laughs> You put up the best hat and the best dress and the best thing you got. But he said it's not about that. It's about what's inside. 
And so I want you to take this opportunity again. Whoever you are, wherever you come from, God is giving you a chance today to understand that what he wants is to work in your heart more than anything, to shape you from the inside out. And there's no other best opportunity that we could have than go back to the communion table today and to ask God to look, have an introspective look at our hearts. And believe me, when I ask the question again, are you aware of how far you are from what God wants you to be?